Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Armet. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So today I am delighted to report that we are once again going to be diving into the world of App Store analytics. Um, not just because I love spreadsheets, but because Apple gave us a little pre-WWDC present. Um, specifically, they now break down in more detail the source data that we get um, in App Store Analytics, which is one of the things that I think I've most longed for in analytics for years. Like I remember, I think in my second or third WWDC, going to the iTunes Connect Lab and asking if it was something we could ever get, and then asking the next year and asking the next year, you know, and having very polite, you know, like, well, that's, you know, file a radar, which I've, I've done. And um, eventually it finally came. So hooray. Um, yeah, this is one thing I didn't, I never expected them to do this for us. Because, you know, really, in for most ways in which apple would give us like you know data on where our sales are coming from most of those are both competitively useful for other app stores like google and amazon or whatever so amazon or so apple wouldn't want to share that and also it's things that that apple tends not to be very good about like you know just general analytics and and tracking you know letting people track more about the behavior of their store it's the kind of thing that apple would not only want to keep private most of the time but generally also wouldn't be even very good at providing even if they wanted to historically you know it's, it's like the kind of service they don't usually do well um so it's very nice to see it and you know there's there's one slightly skeptical angle of this which is like well maybe this is they're trying to drive people to invest more into search ads because it shows how important search is for a lot of apps but overall i think they just did this not for, not for that reason but just because it's something that a lot of app makers really need as we take this business more seriously over time you know like this is such a big part of technology now this whole app business that it's important that people are able to get some kind of insight into where people come from for their apps just so they can know things like is it worth investing in search ads how you know how important are various parts of the app store experience how important is being featured stuff like that and before we had zero insight into that now we have not a lot but some yeah and it's I mean, getting access to this kind of data, and we'll dive into it in a minute for what the actual new data points we got are, but it's like, I think at its core, giving developers this kind of data, it just helps us make informed decisions rather than just wildly speculating and guessing and having to do these weird, like, second order approximations of what we think might be the case. Um, and anytime that we can have, act, make informed decisions about this type of marketing or this type of you know, these, these things that drive downloads of our app, which is ultimately what most of the app store analytics, you know, most of, at least from my perspective, what I'm really looking at is, you know, what is causing people to download my app? And is there something that I'm doing wrong that I could do better or something that I'm doing right that I can do more of, um, to make that happen? And if I have no data, then I'm just guessing. And I mean, I will get into it at probably the last, second half of the show, but there's already been some really interesting and useful tidbits that I've been able to pull out of this data that, you know, is now going to be, as I make my next updates to my apps, like I can tweak and change the way, you know, the other app store pages work to try and enhance for this because now I have actual information that I'm basing on, um, which is just tremendously useful. Yeah, I mean... It, like like one of the big questions when you're trying to figure out how to market your app or, or or how to advertise for your app 
is, are things like, should I buy ads on websites or in podcasts or like outside of the app store? Uh, and and you know, there's been bits and pieces of ways that we can track that different, like, you know, affiliate campaigns first. And then more recently, they added like the whole the, the app store analytics campaigns. So you can track inbound links. Uh, but we ne- but all we could tell from that is that these things provide a small percentage of <laughs> of our total downloads and there was always this giant black hole of well we know that like you know five or ten percent or whatever it is for your app uh you know that's coming from web referrals and we have some ways to track those but where's the other 90 (laughs) percent you know like it's just the app store and now we have a very slight way to break that down which is nice uh one thing though that i've noticed and and we're gonna get into this in in a little bit but one thing i've noticed is that you know it, it the reason i'm giving such like vague numbers here is that as we got this ability over the you know last last week when when this rolled out and i started seeing developers uh posting their their pie graph breakdowns of like you know this percent came from app store browse this percent from search this percent from app refers this percent from web, from web, web refers everyone had extremely different percentages and and especially as you go down between the various metrics that we're going to get into of things like you know how many times did you see it versus download it versus pay for it the numbers vary wildly between different apps and some of that you can kind of explain by things like paid versus free but a lot of that is just it seems like every app has extremely different numbers there's only a few kind of general you know patterns we can derive from these from the limited numbers that we've seen but i don't know but have you found the same thing like every every set of numbers i see is completely different from every other one sure and i mean and i even have so i have a you know a hand several handfuls worth of apps myself and going through app to app i mean even among like the plus plus health apps that i i have you know which are ostensibly fairly similar um, there's wide variations between where people are coming from. And I think like that is, I think that is a useful thing to point out too, that what's so great about this is say Apple published a, you know, every, and I think we've had this a little bit every now and then where they'll say most people come from search, I think is what they said when they were starting, starting the search ads system. They're like, you know, the majority of app downloads come from search, I think. It sounds familiar anyway, but like basically they make a blanket statement like that, or you hear someone else's data, it isn't actually potentially very useful to you because your app may, may, may react, you know, they may respond very differently. You know, some of my apps are being heavily, you know, most of their downloads are coming from web traffic, from Google searches. Others are from browsers, from search or from, you know, app referrals from other apps. Like knowing the actual breakdown is way more important than knowing what the average is for the app store at large uh, because every app is very unique. And I mean, none of my apps have at all similar uh, distributions, which I think is is telling. Is telling that, you know, the, the, the app is unique and the reason people are downloading it is somewhat unique. And so you need to, you know, there's not going to be a one-size-fits-all solution for the marketing side of this. So specifically, it's probably worth diving into what the actual things we're talking about are. So the big, the key new area that we got. So if you go into iTunes Connect and you go to the analytics area, um, there's now an area called under sources that now breaks down your all kinds, all the different metrics, all the, and so you get things like impressions, uh, which is the number of times that your app was viewed. 
um, in the app store, uh, you know, in all kinds of variation. It can be on the featured page, categories, top chart, search, like overall impressions. Um, and it's just like at times that your app like breezed by somebody too. Like if they're scrolling through a list and your app breezed through that list, like that counts as an impression. Not necessarily they you know they clicked on it. That's something else. Yeah, if they click on it, then you get to the next one, which is the product page views, mm-hmm. um, which is the number of times that your actual full product page was loaded. Um, this is in the App Store or in another app that's using the StoreKit APIs, like the SK Products View Controller, I think it is what they're talking about there. Yeah. Um, and then app units, um, or da- which we can probably sort of summarize as, da- as downloads, but um, it's important to note that this is only first-time downloads of the app. Um, yeah, it's new down new people downloading the app. Yeah, so if you if you if someone downloaded your app, um, installed it, and then deleted it, and then a couple months later went and installed it again with the from the little like cloud with the down arrow icon in the app store, they wouldn't count as a as a new unit, even though they were downloading it. Um, but the key thing now is that we can take that data. So those those are the three main ones that I look at: impressions, page views, and downloads. Um, and I can break those down now by for the four different ways that people can get to there. Um, so they can be browsing. So if someone is viewing your app or tapping to download or whatever from like their starting point was a featured list, a category list, or a top chart uh, in the app store, essentially those first three tabs um, going along the bottom of the app store app. It's basically any uh, part of the app store that isn't search. Yes. Yeah. And so, so if they're just browsing around, there was no, explicit user intent that they uh, um, were putting out and then the app store was responding to. Um, and then there's search, which is the fourth tab in the app store app where someone is searching for something and then going through a list and, you know, tapping to download from there. Um, then we have app referrals. And so this is where a, somebody is clicking on a link in an app that is then opening them in the app store um, or a, a, any app that uses this, those store APIs, um, to launch the app. And this includes many of Apple's apps as well. Um, so things like messages count in this, um, but it doesn't include Safari because the last type that we get broken out um, is web referrals, which are where a customer taps a link from a website and that then takes them to the app store. Um, and this would be inside of Safari um, on iOS. Um, but it's important to point out that non-Safari browsers, things like Chrome, would be attributed as app referrals rather than web referrals. Web referrals only includes Safari itself. And in fact, Google Chrome is my top app referral. There you go. Yeah, and so that I th- so like we can by breaking it down that way, essentially we can now take all of the metrics. I mean, there's, I think there's seven or eight different like m- metrics that are available in the App Store Analytics area, like beyond just impressions, page views, and downloads. There's, you can get into active sessions, paying customers. Um, you can get in, like there's a whole bunch of sort of deeper dive kind of things. But for the most part, you can take a look at those th- those top three and you can look and see where your customers are coming from. And you can see, you know, for some of my apps, you know, it's like the vast majority of my, of my downloads are coming from search. So something like search ads maybe makes sense or focus, you know, it's like app store optimization or focusing on the way that I appear in searches makes a lot of sense. If browse in some of them come up mostly in browse, like that's a different thing. Or some of them come up in web web traffic. Um, like one of my apps comes up is really high hit in Google for if you search for that app name. And so that actually drives a fair bit of traffic. And I can segment all these other metrics about that. And you can, the interesting thing is, 
now that you have the segmentation, you can, in some ways, like customize your thinking for each of those four little, like, I don't know, there's these four different distinct types of users that you're, that are coming into your app. Um, because their experience is, is very different. You know, if someone is browsing the app store, they are sort of by their nature, they're not specifically looking for your app. Um, or an app that is exactly like yours. You know, they, I mean, maybe if they're going to the categories and then they go to like, you know, if someone goes top charts, category, health and fitness, like maybe that's how they would go about looking for a step counter, like maybe, but more likely than not, they would just go to search and they would search for step counter or pedometer in my case. Um, and, but if someone's browsing, like they have a slightly different perspective than someone who's searching. And I mean, I see this bears itself through in, you know, in, in a lot of my analytics where I see, you know, for example, my conversion rate, you know, so from someone having an impression of the app to actually downloading it is three times higher uh, on search impressions rather than on browse impressions, which makes sense. Like if someone types in step counter in the search, then they're far more likely probably to download a step counter than someone who's just wildly browsing in the app store and happens to, you know, my app happens to cross their path. But it's good to know, and it's good to know that it's about three times, which is honestly a little bit lower than I would have thought it would be. The difference, like, this is where I love having the data for it. It's like, my gut, I would have guessed that it would have been, the conversion rate for search would have been way higher than for browse, but turns out maybe not. We are sponsored this week by Linode. Linode gives you fast, powerful web hosting for your projects. You can set it up in just seconds with easy-to-understand tools that let you choose your resource levels, your Linux distro, and all this for for only $5 a month uh, starting for a Linux server with one gig of RAM. And, of course, it scales up way far from there, uh, all in the Linode cloud. Linode servers offer industry-leading performance with native SSD storage, Intel Xeon E5 processors, my favorite CPU line, and access to a 40 gigabit network with nine data centers you can choose from spread across the world so you can serve your customers quickly no matter where they are there's also an api that allows you to easily automate tasks you can do things like setting up custom servers developing custom applications all with super simple scaling you can resize servers if you're like for example when when my database was running low on disk space all i had to do was shut it down for a few minutes resize it and boot it back up no like reinstallation no like repartitioning the disk no data loss it just re- rebooted into more disk space. That is crazy magic to me as like an old school computer user who tried to do these things manually back forever ago and knew like you you can never resize a disk. Now you actually can with Linode. It is so, so nice. And all these pricing tiers feature hourly billing or monthly billing, your choice. You can you can boot it up for just a few hours and then once it hits the monthly cap, uh, it just stops there. You don't get charged any more than the monthly cap. So it's very, very simple. They also have wonderful add-on services like backups and node balancers because they're a form of load balancer, which I use a lot uh, specifically to to deal with SSL for me. The load balancer can decrypt SSL and pass everything to your backend servers over regular HTTPS and just kind of saves the hassle of keeping up to date on the various, you know, different uh, ciphers and everything else for SSL security. So anyway, check it out today. Go to linode.com slash radar to learn more and sign up and take advantage of a $20 credit. So you get 20 bucks off by using uh, linode.com slash radar or promo code radar2017 at checkout. The prices range from five bucks a month for a gig of ram all the way up to you know something like 60 bucks a month for 16 gigs of ram uh their two gig plan is just 10 bucks a month that now includes 30 gigs of storage they have such great values i have not found a better value in the hosting industry and i use linode myself i love it i strongly recommend it 
So once again, linode.com slash radar to learn more and take advantage of a $20 credit or use promo code radar2017 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for supporting this show. So the other kind of really cool thing that I've been doing, so as you imagine, and this is thing I'd re- honestly recommend that everyone do if you have an app that you have this to access to this data is you should take the data, export as much as you can into you know Excel or Numbers, whatever your preferred um, spreadsheet of choice is. And, you know, since are there others? Uh, I guess Google Sheets. Google Sheets, Lotus, one, two, three. <laughs> is that, is that still a thing? I don't know. Maybe it's a thing. Or maybe VisiCalc. I mean, that's a... It's an oldie but a goodie. The original. Um, so I do you know. I'd really, you take all this data in, and then what I tend to do is I'll I just start dividing numbers by each other, right? Like you kind of because it, a lot of these things in absolute terms aren't particularly useful. Like knowing the exact number of impressions you have, like it's kind of nice, I guess. But mostly, what you need to know is you know the ratios between things, because then you can really reason and compare between all the various types um, of of traffic sources. And one of the things that I noticed that I think was so far was the biggest insight that I think is actually like operative to me was that the majority of my app store downloads um, are coming from users who never actually view the full app store page uh, for my apps. Um, the, which, but the way I'm inferring that is that the app units number is higher than the page view number. So, but obviously still less than the impressions number. Um, so uh, you, know, in some ways, us uh, like my naive under, you know, sort of thought for how the app store flow would work is that, you know, someone sees my app, they tap on it, they look at the page and then they hit download. That is actually not for the majority, vast majority of the case is not what I'm seeing. What I'm seeing is people are downloading straight from those, you know, those top level lists. So, you know, from the top charts, from the search results, like in all of those, there is a download button right there. You don't have to tap through in order to view it. And so what's important about that is they're downloading it entirely based on the name, the icon, the star ranking and the price. Um, and in the case of search, they also get uh, three, sorry, the first two screenshots um, as well. That is all they are ever seeing before they download the app, which is kind of interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like seeing that number pulls out. It's like there's so many of these things that I think we've talked about. And I think a couple of weeks ago, we even had an episode where we were like diving into this kind of stuff where, you know, there's it's important to have a good app store description and your fourth and fifth screenshot are probably, you know, are somewhat they're things you want to make to take advantage of and do well. But a very high percentage of people are just downloading based on just the name, icon, and star rating and price. Um, and that's kind of crazy in some ways. Like, I think it, <laughs> it, a, it means that you need to have a really good name. You need to have a really good icon. Make sure your rating's high. And honestly, probably be free. Like, being free, I'm sure, drives this a lot. I haven't yep. d- dug into deeply yet uh, comparing free and paid. But I would expect that the ratio there is is massively off but if you're a free app people will just on impulse they see it get it that they're done they don't even have to dive into it which um i think is really you know that that, that is a compelling thing to see um and especially interesting is um on when people are searching they almost the they click through to the detail page even lower rate i think it was 11 percent of my p of my uh 11% of my impressions turned into page views in search, uh, whereas 45% of them turned into page views from browsing. 
Um, so, you know, in the search area, those first two screenshots are very important because, you know, 90% of people aren't actually going any farther than that initial search, that initial search list. So like that's, so that's like the first insight that I pulled out of my data that I'm like, huh, that is really interesting. I mean, I think it makes me definitely emphasize a little bit the importance of being, you know, preserving and maintaining my star rating um, in a way that I, I, well, I knew it was important. It's like, wow, that is probably very important because I can't really change the name at this point. I, you know, the icon is pretty set. So really all I can change is making sure that I have a good uh, star rating. And if I do, you know, if I don't, and that ratings, that ratio starts to go down, like that's problematic in a, in, in a significant way. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we, many of us have suspected for a long time that not a lot of people read the description and stuff like that and viewed the whole page. But I don't think we ever had anything to really back that up until now. And now it's very clear what you're saying. It's like, yeah, search matters a lot and everything else matters a little bit. Uh, But really, you need to optimize your app for visibility in search rankings. And this is, and, and seeing these numbers, on on one hand, it's like, oh, thanks, Apple, for finally providing this information. On the other hand, it's like, oh, man, what a shame that App Store search is so mediocre. Like, it really, this really shows, like, quite how much of an effect on the ecosystem search has. And it, it is really unfortunate that the the actual, like, relevance ranking of App, of App Store search continues to be so, so mediocre. Um, but... That's the world we're living in, I guess. Uh, so might as well work within it. Um, and one way to work within it is uh, search ads, and and this has been, um, you know, they, they launched uh, back in what October or something like that. Something like that. I think it was in, it was in beta over the summer, and then uh, in the fall it went live. Yeah, I I've been doing search ads every week, and we should do a whole episode about kind of following up on on like doing them well. But uh, basically, this shows me how many how many downloads of my app come from search total and i can correlate that with my search ads numbers because when you do search ads it gives you lots of useful reports of things like you know how many clicks you're getting and through what kind of you know what type of queries and what it considers relevant to you and everything and so i'm getting about about 12 percent of my search downloads are coming from search ads I, i can now see that and because my app gets so much from search about 10% of all my installs are coming from search ads. So that's that's worth knowing. Um, but, it, you know, again, like it, it, the, these new metrics that we got really strongly illustrate quite how important App Store search is for a lot of apps. But And again, I will say, you know, as we said at the beginning, this does vary a lot for different apps. But one thing I've seen pretty consistently among most of the people's little donut charts that, that, that we've been passing around is that search is pretty important for most apps yeah and i think i think the thing with there is especially that search is important in like it's it's important in a way that you can control um and change because if your app is ranking well if you're high in the top charts and being featured all the time like your browse side of things is going to go up but that is not something that you have direct control over um, and so, you know, and, and so in some ways, like for me, so some of my apps browse is more important than search. Um, just, you know, the way the numbers come out. But the reality is when I look at that, I think it's like, well, okay, like I want to do cool things that Apple is going to feature. Like that's something that I can sort of control maybe. And like, I want to have lots of downloads so that I can rank highly in the top charts. 
Um, but none of those are really direct things. Whereas, you know, search is the only area where we have much more direct control over. And, you know, still not complete control, but like we choose keywords. We choose what those first two screenshots are. Like we choose a lot of things that um, will impact our ability to convert well in search. Um, and so even if your app, you know, even if your app has higher impressions on the browse side, search is still, I think, probably a, a more important area to focus on just because it's an area that I think we can have the biggest impact um, on as a, you know, in terms of actually affecting change. Yeah. And but the other thing, though, like this does show you quite, you know, it, it's, it shows you in, in kind of broad relative terms, like maybe it isn't worth investing a ton of time into trying to get featured. You know, because it looks like sure. the value of getting featured, I mean, obviously it varies depending on what kind of feature you get, but the value of getting featured is not amazing in this. Although, I'll tell you what, one thing I would love so badly to have is one of those little badges in search results that says, like, editor's choice or, like, best of yes or essentials. Like, all those, all, like, th- there's a couple of, like, very high-level features that if you get one of those ever, I think you get that badge in your search result forever. And that, obviously, now that we see the importance of search, and especially, like, how your little listing looks without clicking through to your to your product page, the value of that would be immense. And I, I so badly want one of those badges on my on mine. Uh, but otherwise, uh, yeah, I think it's very clear. The other thing I wanted to mention before we run too much out of time is that uh, a lot of the metrics that we get uh, in app analytics, including many of these uh, new ones for, you know, sources of people and stuff, are opt-in only. And and what this means is basically that only people who selected send data to Apple on the uh, setup screen during the OS installation, only those people's data is being counted here. And I, th- for my app, that's a very low percentage. And, and the impression I get from most of the developers I've talked to is that for their apps, it seems to be a pretty low percentage too. And now we can even you can even see that you know you, you can compare your numbers here and you can see like yeah this like. It's showing me a graph of this metric that says it's representing people, but then it says opt-in only, a little small text next to it. And if you look at the absolute numbers on the graph compared to the numbers in the ones that are not opt-in only, you can see it's a pretty small percentage. So I would I would say that any metric that says opt-in only is not incredibly useful because it's such a small percentage, and it probably is not like a random sample. It's probably not completely representative of the whole uh so those metrics i would not put a lot of weight in but the ones that are not often only i think that's it's great to have sure i mean though the reality is it is what it is and that's the best we have so like i i definitely love diving into some of those opt-in only ones and i'm fair enough that it's, it's, it's a small perhaps not random distribution but at least it's something you know and understand getting getting insight into 20 percent of my users is better than getting inside you know insight into zero percent um and i think too it's the biggest thing that i think of when i look through these numbers though like is how massive of an opportunity in theory and you know it's a very big in theory um a lot of my apps have that i'm currently not taking advantage of and i by that i mean like when i look at this I can't help but look at the impression to download number. So essentially like my conversion rate from, you know, the number of times my app icon slid past past someone's eyes to when they downloaded. And a lot of those are, you know, pretty low. I think for browse, for Panorama++, it's about 11%. It's about 11%. For search, it's 
which is good. I'm not saying like that's not it's, it's not a terrible number. It's not you know fractions of one, of of a percent. But I when I see that, I see it as a massive opportunity, and I think that's the thing that I probably would leave um, towards the end of the show, sort of for everybody to think about is using this kind of data. You have a tremendous opportunity to increase your you know your your user base, your download numbers, because you know if right now only one out of 10 people who are browsing around and see my app icon download. Like if I can turn that into two out of 10, which is, you know, the actual numbers involved aren't actually quick that, that dramatic, like, or uh, the increase isn't that dramatic, but the numbers involved would actually be very significant. Um, and so it's a very big opportunity. I'm like, well, what, what if, you know, what do I have to do to make to affect that number? And what I love is that I can, as I make changes, you know, so I'm actually going through and making a few tweaks to some of the, like I'm actually making a few, a tweak to the apps icon um, and going to be changing around a little bit the first two screenshots in some of my apps. And what I love is I can make those changes in the next update. And then now I can go into this area and I can see, did that change anything? Right? Like I can, it's not quite A-B testing, which would be, you know, lovely in its own way, but also terrifying. But I could also, but I can very least I can make a change. I can measure its impact, and then you know iterate on that, and hopefully increase these numbers, you know, ever so slightly. And you know, these small changes in conversion rate can have a pretty significant impact uh, at ultimately, you know, to my bottom line, which is really cool. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.